0: that is awesome awesome it is an honor for me um this morning to be here because it's um um this is a friend a mentor a friend (laughs) and uh it's interesting as um when tanya called me she said that she wanted me to do a special uh, presentation and uh it's so much to say honestly you know I've known McKinley about 7 years now and it's just so much to say but um, I think the best way I can uh I don't the best way I can actually do this is by uh, and I know that he's expecting to come up here but uh unfortunately you're not going to be preaching today it's going to be me That's the surprise, brother. <laughs> and I, when when uh, Tania and <laughs> here we go, brother. It. Give it up for. Uh. <laughs> you know it's uh yes you guys may be it. <laughs> it is an honor for me to be here today to you know what a best you know what a, it couldn't be a better opportunity um uh when Tanya called me and she asked me to preach. She's like, "Okay, we're gonna do a small, um, we're gonna do a surprise <laughs> for a pastor. And she's like, uh, "Well, I want you to preach. We would love for you to preach uh, this morning." Uh, I said, "Oh, I've been preaching Wednesdays. It's, you know, Sundays is different. <laughs> it's a bigger crowd and more pressure. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can walk in that shoes yet." But uh, she said, "You will be. You, you know, you're gonna do just fine." And um, and I said, you know what, let me confirm. Let me call Dr. Hart you know to know if she's you know if, you know if she's in that same, you know plan. And she said, Yes. You know, don't, you know, just keep it quiet and stuff like that. So uh I will do my best to keep it quiet. <laughs> but you know the funny thing is they sent out the program and his name was in the program and everything. But the whole time, and I felt bad because I'm like, I know he's at home preparing, studying, doing all that stuff, just for today, and then he's not preaching. But um, you can keep that message for next week, brother. <laughs> but um, let's, um, you, you can remain seated. Uh, let me, let's just do a quick prayer before we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity we thank you, Father, for this day. Heavenly Father, we give you total permission to continue moving in this place as you you already started. We give you total permission to your Holy Spirit, Father God. We welcome your holy fire in this place, Father, to consume, Father God, everything that is not of you, and fill your children, Father God, with your love, with your mind, Father, with your character. Father God, we can't do nothing without you. And we don't want to do anything without you, Father. Because it's only through you, Father, we can speak of your word, Father. We can speak of you. So, Father God, let the word that's coming off this pulpit through me, Father, let it go in your children's heart. Let it manifest, Father God. Let it do what it assigned to do this morning. However you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How are you feeling this morning? One more time, let's uh, give it up for uh, Apostle McKinley for his birthday. That's awesome, awesome. Was that a, surpri- was, was that a surprise, brother? McKinley, were you surprised? Oh, okay, that's good. Okay. That's awesome, brother. So um, today... We are going to our topic for today, or our message for today, is living out the promise. And it's interesting because I wanted to say, you know, I'm trying to think throughout the whole week. I'm like, okay, oh my God, okay, how do I? I was praying so that the Father could give me a message that could definitely minister to him, and but definitely minister to the whole church because. uh, I know McKinley doesn't like you know doesn't like attention being on him that much. So am like, okay, it's going to have to be something. Father, give me something that we all can eat from. Amen. So He give me this living out the living out the promise, living out His promise. And what does that really mean? Is The Bible talks about Jesus, and the character we're going to use this time is Jesus, who is a brother, a big brother. The Bible talks about how if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, when we look at his life, everything he does, he did, he was living out the promise that was predestined, that was preordained before the foundation of the world. He was literally living his life, and it, even when he walked on this earth, when he came, he was literally going, and every time he would, you know, even like when he was in the temple, he was reading that verse said, uh, from the book of Isaiah about, A, he was literally reading that verse that says, the spirit of the Lord is on me right now. So he's pretty much living, reading about himself that the Father, in that very moment, that this moment was supposed to happen. He was literally walking, everything he did was not a new thing. It was already preordained by the Father. So he was literally just living his life the same way we are walking, living our life because the Father says, the Bible says that we have, um, that God created our end before the beginning. So the same way we are walking step by step, living our life. Is exactly what he did and all he did was he was just showing us what that looks like amen so every step he took when he was walking everything he said was Hey, you know what I'm just doing what my father told me to do every but even the miracles he did he was literally hey, you know what? I'm simply doing what was already preordained for my life to do amen the same way we are doing that right now me speaking right now it's not by coincidence that was already preordained before I even, before my mother, before, I mean, I was in my mother's room, which was like super late, but we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about eternity. So he literally was living his life and we are doing so right now. But as we're doing that, in every promise comes opposition. Correct? It doesn't matter Whatever your life is supposed to be, that is final. It will not change. I'm sure when McKinley was growing up in Chicago, a hundred years ago, (laughs) he did not, I guess, I don't, I'm sure you had many plans, but certainly that was not one of them. I'm sure you did not think that by 40, let me see, 42, 43, you would have been an, an apostle, Correct. That was not part of your plan, but that was though he just find out about his apostleship, but that was preordained zillion years ago. You're just now walking into it, but according to the Father, that was been preordained, correct? And if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, He's pretty much doing the same thing. Whatever we're doing right now, we are simply following. If we follow His footsteps. We will get to the expected end. So, um, and like we said, with every promise comes an oppos- opposition. In John 7, verse 1 through 4, we're going to read a little bit. And those were some of the opposition that he faced. Remind you, he has a promise. His ending, he, the, he already knew, the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation that Christ was the land that was slain before the foundation of the world. So, it was already predestined for him to die. Some way, somehow, that would have happened. Regardless of whatever took place, it would have happened. Correct? Because that was an eternity. That was before Adam and Eve. So, I know often, (laughs) I guess it's the, the only way we can honestly describe... This relationship, this life is mystery. If you're trying to explain it, and I kind of, Dr. Harder was just ministering to my sister, and it's one of those things, I mean, it clicked, I'm like, you know what, that makes sense. Certain things you just can't explain. You're not supposed to. If you're trying to, you will literally drive yourself crazy. Just allow the father to do what he does best. Just listen to him. Just follow through. Just allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into whatever that he's trying to do. Amen? Because if you try to understand it, some things he might drop on you once in a while, but he will never give you full details because he's not... If he gives you everything, then you don't need faith. You don't need to pray. You don't need to study. Amen? So those are some of the opposition that he faced. In John 7, verse 1 through 7, I mean 1 through 4. After this, Jesus went went around in Galia. Uh, I'm sorry, Galilee. He did not want to go about about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of the Tabernacle, tabernacle was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, "Leave Galilee and go to Judea." So that your disciple there see the works you do. No one wants to become a public figure, act in secret. So that was pretty much what they were telling him. They were pretty much telling him, well, why don't you just leave this place and go to Judea? We already know that you have a calling in your life. Why don't you just go out there and just, you know, start, since you, the father called you to be a, let's say a pastor or a singer. Why don't you just go out there and start doing your thing. Let's release every, I mean, as many YouTube videos as you can. <laughs> start releasing some stuff, you know, just start doing some shows. Or, hey, you know what, since you know you're already called to be a pastor, just go, start going to every church as you can think and just start preaching. But that was not the case. He said, since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. Just go out there, do your thing, man. You already know that's part of your calling. Why don't you do it now? But the thing about that was they were pretty much mocking him. (laughs) Not every word of advice is good advice. (laughs) Because often people are trying to get you to a place where you're not ready yet. People are trying to push you to something that the Father hasn't yet given you the green light for. So that's why it's always important to be led by the Spirit. Because otherwise, the same way Jesus, when the Bible, the Bible talks about when Satan was t- uh, tempted Jesus, he says, if you, be the son, if you be the Son of God, why don't you turn this rock into bread? He could have done it. But it wasn't the time for him to do that yet. So often there's a lot of things in all life just because we are called to do that, that doesn't mean it's the time for it. Because then when you start doing that, you you can have premature result. You will have premature result and that might affect you and then that hurt you from continuing, from stepping into when the right time comes, it might hurt you. Or you're like, you know what, I tried this before I've been hurt before. I've been in many relationships before. They walked out of my life. I was in love, right? I'm not going to, you know, I don't need any more relationship. But the issue on that is those relationships they weren't the father didn't agree with them. That was your green light. It wasn't his. <laughs> Amen. That was your green light. You were assuming you thought that was him talking. But in a lot of time, a lot of time It happens. When we see something that we truly like, we can make up in our mind, even dreams in our mind. Oh, I think this is good. I think this is the father. And the mind has a mind of its own. The doctor quite often said that. The mind has a mind of its own where it can create imagination. (laughs) It will give you enough reason to think it's the right reason. But again, that's why the Bible says that it's important to be led by the Spirit at all times. Because if we are children, then it, we have to be led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. But one thing about that, uh, in, let me see, so 7, no, we're still in 7, verse 5. So they were telling him, hey, why don't you go out there do your own thing? But then in verse 5 it says, for even his own brothers, they did not believe in him. That's opposition. The Father called you into something and then no one believes in you. You're you're in the land by yourself. No support from no one. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? You know that's what you're supposed to do. Often not just people, but life itself doesn't even make sense. Because often you find yourself in a situation, you're like, oh my God, this can't be me. I can only imagine LeBron James. I was looking at some pictures of his um, years ago, like before, <laughs> like when he was in high school. I mean, so skinny, you'll think that. I'm like, oh my God. And if when you hear about his story, the things that he went through, you would say he have enough reason he could, he could have, if he says, you know what, I'm not going to do this, I'm sure the father would have given him a pass. He would have get a perfect pass because the things that you went through in your life, often if you just, you know what, if you choose those things, if you can use that as a stumbling block and say, Father, you know what, I went through too, too much in my life, that enough. If I don't make it, I think you should give me a pass. And he will give you a pass indeed. But one thing we have to realize is, a lot of things that happen in our life, they're, they're, they are a dominal effect of things that we don't have control over. The Father used them, but they're not of Him. Amen? Because most of the time, whenever we see things happen in our lives, we think it's the Father. He used them because He's good. He's a good Father at all times. He will correct us, but He will not put, it, put us in circumstance to stop us from our destiny. However, he always used what the enemy meant to harm us. The enemy would do his best to stop us. And most of the time, he, he will attack us at the, in our most vulnerable moment, when we don't know, when we're still weak, when we don't have much knowledge. When we, you know, in our young life, you're probably 16, 17, we're not spiritually strong. That's when he attacked us the most. And use that situation to say, you know what, look at that, the father didn't care. Had he cared, he would not let you go through that situation while you're 14, 15, 16, 17, in your most vulnerable moment. But the most important thing about that is, he always, he always used what the enemy meant to harm. In fact, he used it to bless us probably 10 times more. Some way, somehow, he always bring it back and make it align with his plan. Amen? Somebody fire us from the job. You know what? Two months later, we get a promotion from somebody. Now, we, Well, in fact, two months later, we start our own business. Two months later, you start your own business. But had you still working in that job, you probably would have been so comfortable you, you wouldn't... Think think about starting a business Would have been the last thing in your mind But he used that Because we are his When we come out of Those situations we glorify him Because at the end of the day He doesn't take pleasure through the things that you go through What is that to him that you're suffering What does that look to him that you're suffering No It's like me I don't have any kids yet but It's like McKinley (laughs) or anybody to have kids what is that to you when your kids are suffering what do you get out of it but pain it hurts you and it's interesting because or even if you don't have kids you have loved ones you want all your family you want your friends to make it your loved ones you want them to make it So when they're going through things, of course, that hurts you. So can you imagine the father himself? So when Father says, for even his own brothers did not believe in him, they didn't believe in him. But one thing he says was, therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. It's like saying, you know, you guys can go, because he was pretty much telling them, because they were trying to pressure him into something else, into starting something that, it's his destiny, it's part of his calling, but it wasn't the right time. So it's important to know, because people will drive you into things, again, that you're not yet ready for. And I say this quite often, even for teenagers, There's there's a lot of things that is part of your life. Marriage, family, relationship. It's part of your destiny. You suppose you will get married, unless the father said no, I don't know, but that's a whole different thing. (laughs) But for the most part, that's part of your destiny. But it's important to know what time. There is a designated time person for you. So it's important to wait. Because then you will enter into a relationship and that can literally destroy your life. Because you're not ready. Mentally you're not ready. It's for you. And often we can spoil, we can, we can mess up a good situation. Because we're not yet ready. Because there's a lot of good opportunity. Sometimes it's for you. You're supposed to have that opportunity, that business, that next breakthrough, that woman, that girl, that boy. You're supposed to have it, but because it's not, you're not yet ready for it, and you walked into it sooner rather than later, then you messed it up. Because your character was not in line. You were not ready for that next level. So it's important to wait. You see what he said? He said, you guys can go ahead. I'll wait for my time. Because when my time is... When, when my time... Come, I will know. I will know because he was so in connection with the Father. And I think one thing it takes me back to, most of the time in the body of Christ, I think we spent more time trying to get things to happen than spending more time than the person that created the things. Because in this situation, he knew. So he had no issue about knowing. He said, okay, I know who I am. I know this is going to happen. So I have no question, without a shadow of a doubt, that it will happen. So I don't need you to tell me when to start something. (laughs) Why? Why do you think so? Because he was in contact, he was in connection with the person that created the thing for him. So if the person that created it told me that I'm not ready, then I'm not ready. Because when it's my time for me to walk into it, there's no question about it. He says, "You know what? The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testified that it works are evil." <laughs> He's like, "You know what? I was able to you can go. They're not going to do anything to you." <laughs> I can my whole purpose I came here to destroy the work of this, of Satan. I'm created to destroy the work of Satan, but yet I'm not ready so because i 'm not yet ready, the father 's not going to release me into destroying because a lot of time we think that just because we are children we can be we are children that 's without a shadow of a doubt, but there 's different levels so there are some things that even though we 're supposed to destroy you know stumping on and on satan 's head and and that come, can come in different aspects because we have to understand that. Even though we are children and we spend so much time on this world, there's a certain things we have to overcome. Our own fear. Because the world system, the enemy did a really, really good job activating us to his system. So we have to destroy those fears so that we can come to the fullness of Christ and then now we can destroy him. So what, what the father was saying, what, what Jesus was saying, you know what? I know that I'm called to do that. I know that I'm called to destroy Satan's head but in this very moment it is not yet my time to destroy him when the time is right because my, I'm, the father assigned me to destroy him but it's just not my time yet so he says you go to the festival I'm going up so he's been. hey you know what you go ahead do your thing I'm not going to stop you I just know it's not my time it's just not my time yet I'm not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. He said it again. You can go, but my time has not yet fully come. There will be a time where I can do that. There will be a time where I can fully operate on such. There will be a time where I can handle a thousand members because that's part of my destiny it's without a shadow of a doubt where this place will be filled up. But the Father says, hey, don't worry about filling this place because that will take place on its own. It will happen on its own. But just focus on growing. Because the moment you're ready, you don't don't have to pray for, for me to release it. It will just happen. It will manifest on its own. He says, "You know what? Go ahead. Everybody out there, they're doing nothing, but you, go ahead. I'm not ready yet." And often that readiness is not has nothing to do with the ideal. Because whenever we think of readiness, we just think, "Okay, you just um, (laughs) you're not, you know, you're I'm not what." strength you know i'm not strong enough or i'm not bold enough or i'm not ready as far as education wise off most of the time it's more i think the father has played a major role in character because when you think about character that's his image that's his likeness and it could simply be that you know what you're just not ready for that and i don't have nothing to explain to you <laughs> I don't have to tell you that you're not, you know, there are times he will tell you, that's if he desires to tell you, but he has no reason to tell you, make sense? He has no reason to tell you, because when you, because what you have to understand is it's already part of your destiny, your life can't, if if you are in line, you can't die without that fulfilled. If you're in line, there's no way your life will go to pass. You will not go to your grave without that taking place. Because otherwise, it will pretty much mean that that's not part of destiny. Because that's what, A, I created your end before your beginning. So if that's part of the end, along the way, some way, somehow, it's in in the middle of that process. It's within there. Whether it's ten years, five years, it will happen. It has no choice but to happen. So as far as it happened, we don't have to worry about that. All we have to do is stay in line, strengthen ourselves, build up ourselves. It's like build up our immune system. <laughs> so that when the weather, when the season change, we don't have to worry about you know catching a flu or a cold or corona. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that because our immune system is built up. Correct. So whether it comes, because we know corona is there. We know the flu season always comes every what? Every once a year? So to think about it not happening. It has no choice. It will happen. It's part of the season. The season, that's what it brings. (laughs) It brings corona. It brings flu. (laughs) However, your job is to prepare for it. When it comes, I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to move in that next season as if it was nothing. Make sense? Agree? And the interesting thing about that is Jesus understands that more than all of us. That's why the Bible says that In Hebrew 4 verse 15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us or with our weakness. But is one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So he was tempted in every aspect. But yet without sin. He still remained without sin. Amen? He was tempted in every aspect. So everything that we experience in this time, he went through it. He'd been through it. But he was, he was able to remain confident. He was able to remain, to walk through it, to pass through it. Why? Because he knew that he understands something about time. He understands something about preparation. He understands something about equipping himself in the season when things are not making sense. So he's, he walked that alive so that he can show to us that, hey, you know what? It's not about getting there. It's not about rushing yourself to get into a situation because it will happen. He predestined us to conform into his image. Amen. We are seated in heavenly place. So when we think about when he did this, he, he, he was simply showing us as children of God that we can trust on the Father's promise. His promise stand still. It will not move. You can go off track, but the promise will not go off track. Whatever he said, it will take place in your life. So whatever you've been praying for, I say this quite often because a lot of time we we look at the, the, the world system has would give us this mindset of okay age or you know this didn't happen or we're just trying to rush to get to things. If it's the right time, by all means, walk into it. But don't stress yourself over something that the Father is still holding up simply because He's holding it up. So he has a plan, he wants to release it in year five, but you're in year one, and you're stressing yourself. So you have four more years of stressing, (laughs) and you may not even get to it. By the time you get to year five, anxiety, all your hair is gone, and your blood pressure is skyrocketed, because... You didn't understand timing. You didn't understand that his time stands still. And as children, the more we understand the relationship is the more we can trust on his promise. Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham, he understood the father's promise. 25 years. He was promised a son when he was 75. 25 years later. But yet the Bible says that Throughout this whole time, he remained faithful. He remained faithful in twenty-five years, and the Father rewarded him with righteousness. Because us, we can't even wait for week two. I'm not even going to go with, with a whole year. Like my sister, I'm sure she, you know she got a word for seven days and seven days. Like. Mm-hmm. Seven days, I'm waiting, (laughs) because I know I feel the same way. Like, please don't give me, you know, a prophecy for three days. (laughs) Because on day three, I'm looking, (laughs) and if I don't see anything, I'm I started to get. I start opening the Bible. Father, you said this. You said this. I start prophesying all the words, every verse that you know you said. And I'm sure he's looking at, well, I know that what I said. <laughs> but it's important. It's really important because we have to understand the Father way of doing things. Because he might tell you three days, but that doesn't necessarily mean that three days is going to happen. It might be three days in the spirit realm, something break. And now your heart, your mind, your soul is open to receive that. what that is. Because one thing we have to understand is things take place in the spirit realm first. Then it manifests into, you know, into the physical so when we see something you know the, please don't get in, you know on a, on a, on a prophets because most of the time they would and I don't know how they do it i do not know how they do it cuz often you might give a word of prophecy and then a month later and the person is looking at you like sister you said this you said this so i'm waiting they're not prophesying. lying. It's just that the Father, it took place in the spirit realm. It just hasn't yet take place in the natural. Amen? So let's do it. Because often, a lot of time, we can... And it helps us too as individual Because when we're waiting, it's the... I don't want to say it's the worst thing. But it can be extremely stressful. Especially when you when you are expecting and you need of it. You need it like right now. But not realizing that if the father give it, give it to you right now, you're not coming to church in the next five weeks, six months. You know what? I had to, you know, I had to go vacation. My, you know, my, my business was over. You know, just you know, we short on staff. You know, my business was like running over us. I just I need some time, Pastor. You know. So he has to he have to check the motive. Often our motives are right. But hunger for the person that give us that promise has to be just as excited as the promise that we're you know, expecting. Because when we want him so bad, I, try, I guarantee you, if the level of hunger that we have when we receive a word, when we know that he gave us a dream, we're expecting something, if we use that same level of tenacity towards the relationship, oh my gosh. So that's important. We have to use that same level of hunger. Like, I want it. And often that's probably one of the main things. That's often the one thing that he's waiting for that shift to take place. Because what is it going to do with all these promises? <laughs> what is it going to do with them? Trillions of promises waiting on the, you know, storage place, you know, people just not conforming. What is he going to do with them? <laughs> He's just going to be storing them up like. So he wants to release them. The Bible says that it is the father good pleasure to do what? Yes, to give us the kingdom. So he wants to release those promises, those things that you've been seeing in your dreams. He wants to release them. There's big prayer that you have. <laughs> vision board, all of them. He wants to release them. But he's just waiting for that same level of hunger in your prayer life. He's waiting for that same level of hunger because, again, what is all this? What is he going to do with them? Just sitting there and just spoil it, get spoiled. <laughs> what is he going to do with them? He's not, he can't do nothing with them. So we have to understand, as much as we're praying, we're seeking the Father for things to take place, for healing, for a family hard to turn, for the life, for things to happen, for that husband, that wife. It's very important that we do the same thing when it comes to our spiritual life. And what is that? Just relationship. And I come to realize, now that I'm married, <laughs> when you are, <laughs> when you are in a relation, and I can I had to realize what, I had to literally put it in, put it in perspective. I think sometimes when you enter a certain relationship or a certain step, when you make a certain step, it gives you a better perspective, especially if you're a visual person. Can you imagine you're dating someone? You only call them one hour every one, once a week? You only call them one hour Once a week. (laughs) He's printing (laughs) it. That is not a relationship. That is not a relationship. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) But that is not a relationship. What is it, Terry? (laughs) That is not a relationship. So, But the next thing is, when you enter into a relationship with someone... You have to commit the time to that relationship. My wife is always like, well, I need intimate time. <laughs> if we go, like, if we say that we go out, we got to, sh- you know, turn off every phone. And sometimes like, you know, I can do both. But it's like, no, I want that. And it's important because it's not about you. It's about the person that's receiving. So the person you're in the relationship with, they're saying that I want this from you. So you got to make time for that because, and I guarantee you, and it makes a lot of sense, the more time we spent is the more sometimes we don't, you know, not that we argue, well, we argue a little bit. <laughs> the more we spent time is the less argument that takes place because we get to know each other the more. So, it makes sense why the father would say, you know what, I just want time. He's not looking for nothing from you. He doesn't need nothing from you. He got everything. Again, he has a lot of spoil. I don't know if I can say that, but a lot of spoil destiny that nobody has ever claimed. Because a lot of people never walked into their destiny. I believe Miles Monroe said one time that um, the, the cemetery is the one place that has, well, the richest place in the world. Is the cemetery. I didn't understand it at first. Because at first what he did, he asked the question, and people were saying it's, you know, this, it's Apple, it's all this place. It's the cemetery, because you have a lot of people with billions and zillions and trillions of dollars of ideas, of vision, of destiny, of purpose. People that had zillions of books that should have been written, that never wrote them, because they never step into their destiny. So the father wants to release those things to his children because why? He finds he gets glory out of it. When you're walking in your life, and your destiny, if you're not being fruitful, he doesn't get any glory from that. Your unfruitful life doesn't glorify the father. Your unfruitful life doesn't glorify the father. It just doesn't. When you are, if you're not being fruitful, that doesn't make him more happy. Growing (laughs) Growing up back home. You have a lot of people, unfortunately, but it's the again, it's the mind that needs to be changed. Often it appears that or it, it it almost seems like it was the right thing. If you're poor, then you're more anointed. The more poor you are, the more suffering you are. It's like okay, then it's like that's more that's a greater anointed. Like, okay, I'm making it through the hard time i 'm making it through i 'm like father i don 't want this <laughs> i don 't need it if that 's what it is, I do not want part, I want to be part of it i to, one time I told McKinley, and I understand there's two aspects of it uh, I have to make make sure I keep up with the time <laughs> um, i I told him I said. I know it's there's this thing with people, like... It's this thing in the music industry, because, you know, I'm an artist and I write music. Um, shout out to all the artists in, in this room. hey, Singers, hey. <laughs> it almost seems as if... They, 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 well, there's this saying with, I guess, starving artists, or hungry artists, because... I understand the the concept of starving for your destiny. I think that's good. But there's this also this concept, this perspective of every artist has to be broke. I'm like, I don't want that. I need to have... It's the best way... This, it's extremely difficult trying to overcome two things at once. Trying to become poverty and then trying to make it into an industry or make it something has to make sense. So I never liked that concept and I'm, I'm sure some you know some other people probably uh, disagree with me, but I think it makes sense to have money and trying to pursue then I have I can worry I can focus on music. But if I'm trying to focus on putting you know you know where my next meal is coming from and then trying to be in the studio 24/7, something is you know I'm going to have to let go of one of them. It's either I want to be starving or I want to make some music. So it's going to be really, really difficult. So I truly believe that that's not the Father's plan for us to to live in poverty or to live in misery while trying to make it. Make sense? I think there has to be a balance. Because it just doesn't make no sense why he has all these things. And then for us to live in, you know... Extreme poverty. poverty. Makes sense? Jesus knew who sent him. Because when you know, then it makes sense. When you know who sent you, then you can stand on that foundation because you know whoever sent you has a backbone. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple court and begin to teach. So remember, we skip some verses. Remember in verse 8, he's like, you know what, this is not yet my time. This is not yet my time. Let me chill. When my time comes, it will happen flawlessly. The Father will cover me. Because there are times you pray with someone, (laughs) it's not yet the time for you to pray with people. You need to pray with yourself. For yourself. Because you don't even have strength for yourself. The little bit that you have, you will drain it. And that person still may not receive healing or whatever. Because you don't even have for yourself. Make sense? So you have to fully equip yourself and then pour into other people. So he says, now he's ready. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? So now they're amazed. And you can tell when you're being sent, the father will equip you. There is knowledge you can gain from books, but there is wisdom you can get only through Him. Amen. Only through Him. A certain level of, of revelation book cannot revine that, cannot reveal that. It just doesn't. It, do, it just doesn't happen. So only Him can reveal to you a certain things, and when He reveals that to you. Then he backed you up because and I it makes a lot of sense why Jesus in that moment he stepped out. He said, Okay, now I'm ready. And again, it goes back to relationship. Because everything he was doing, he just knew. How he knew? Because there was a constant relationship. Okay, now I know that I'm okay, I'm ready to go. The father gave me the green light to start. He doesn't need nobody to tell him. He doesn't need no one to give him, okay, you have the, the green light to go. No, he knew that because the father who sent him, who preordained him to do that, he dropped on him whatever he needed. Now, okay, you know what? I'm ready. He was ready. And and you can tell that he's ready because what he's saying, he says, Jesus answers, my teaching again, remind you, at first he's like, I'm not ready to go out there. I know that I'm fully anointed. I have gifts and all that kinds of stuff. But the father hasn't yet given me the let go. But when he did, when he does, he says, Jesus answers, my teaching is not my own. It comes from him, him who sent me. Anyone who choose to do the will of, of God will find out whether my teaching comes from. Whether it comes from God or from my own self. When we are one accord, if we're all honestly being led by the Spirit, like we say we do, it's impossible for the word, (laughs) I know quite often McKinley say that, but it's so true, if we're reading, if we're all reading the same verse, and we know it says that Jesus is our brother, Christ is within us, and Jesus, you know, he says, you know what, I am the way to the Father, but when we read it, we translate it differently, then something is wrong. It's either we're not reading the same book, or we skip some chapters, or the trying to get me in trouble <laughs> or oh, the teaching is incorrect the food is not correct because if the word says that he says you know and he, he's telling he says you know what? my teaching doesn't come from me I have nothing to do with this whatever that I'm telling you right now I did not it's not my intellectual that gives me the revelation to say that it's simply him straight from him amen And I'm not speaking to glorify myself. I'm speaking to glorify him. I'm only telling you simply what he told me to say. 18 and 19. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. And there is nothing false about him. So when you understand your calling, when the Father calls you, if He promised you of something, if He calls you into ministry, indeed, everything, because that's part of your promise, He will make ways, He will equip you. You don't have to equip yourself. You will equip yourself. That's important. We have to gain knowledge. Because the more we know, the more he can use us. He can utilize us. But even through what we know, he has to literally sharpen it. As often the Bible talks about where, um, or King Solomon and Proverbs, it talks about whatever plan that you have, the Father wants us to have a plan. Even in fact, Jesus told us, to, hey, to make plans. If he calls you into whatever, you've got to make plans. Write down those plans. Create a strategy. But in regards to how that's going to take place, it, that's, it's up to him. Only him knows how that's, that's going to take place. We don't dictate the people that he's going to send on our lives. Those connections, he will make those connections. He will provide for his church. He will equip you to equip his, the body of Christ So even in your studying time You gotta make room In whatever that you do The same way quite often you know, as, a, as a preacher Or you're getting ready to share a word As much as you prepare You still have to make room for the Holy Spirit to move And that's in every I mean it's in all of our lives We make a business plan We still gotta make room for the Father To have his way because the business is his business. He give it to you. That was his plan for you before the foundation of the world. So he knows every single details in it. If, you, if you're if trying to do it your own way, it's not going to happen. And you know the funny thing is, most of the time, if we're not his children, then he doesn't have nothing to do with it. But when we are his One thing I realized in my life is everything that I'm trying to do, there are people that I'm I'm way smarter than have more knowledge, more equipped than them. But the fact that when I, I started something, I didn't add him, I promised you, it gets nowhere. Because it has nothing to do with how much I know. Because I'm his, I belong to him, I have no right to do anything without him. When I entered that relationship, I said, you know what? I submit myself. Paul says, you know what? He died. And Christ resurrected in him. So he's like, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about how many vision and plan the things that I have. This is his plan. I, am, I belong to him. I belong to him. You don't belong to yourself. And, when, and there was, those were the example that Jesus, as a brother, was giving us. He's like, you know what? Everything he does everything he does from top to bottom he didn't heal a person without without knowing without the father and how you know most of the time it's not like okay father uh, should i heal that person no he just knew because there was a constant relationship he did not do anything he speaks a, i'm not speaking of myself in fact if you ask me i really don't want to be here <laughs> but since i have to be here i'm doing this because i'm just sent i'm just an instrument I'm just a tool. I'm just being used. And he walked in everything that he was called to do. There was not one promise that was promised to him that he did not fulfill. There was not one prophecy. When he reached the book of Isaiah, he was reading his life. Okay, I fulfill this today. The spirit of the Lord is upon me right now. Okay, so I can equip this. So I can heal people. And daily, he was... Reading about himself, he knew about himself, he was fulfilling those things. No promise was left on the table. No destiny, no vision, no prophecy. And in fact, you know, when you think about prophecy, prophecy there's not one person in this lifetime that received more prophecy than Jesus. Because when you read the whole book of Isaiah, it's all about, almost all about him. He will, this will take place, this will take place, this is the death that's going to happen. But he made sure because he knew his life, he knew. And how did he know? He literally, in the beginning, the Bible says that he was studying. He didn't just happen to know. <laughs> he was doing his diligence. He was studying. He was in this temple by the age of 12, 24-7, learning from other people. So, of course. So he knew, since he knew that was okay, this, those are the promises of my life, I'm equipping myself with what. My life consists of. So when it comes time for him to walk in those promises, and you know what, Father, I did this today. Okay, I'm full now. (laughs) I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I healed this person today, and when it when he came to a situation that was not part of of his assignment, okay, I owe you nothing, woman. I will not give this food to my dogs, to dogs, because he just knew. I did, so he knew what to do and what not to do, because he knew the promise in his life. He knew the promise that was met. He knew he studied about that. He learned it. The the Bible says that he grew in stature, in wisdom, with God and men. So he was growing cro- closer. Because often, most of the time, we say that okay, Jesus, you know, he. You know, since he came from heaven, so he knew. But he knew all things, so that's why it was easy for him to just walk into those things. We're no different from him. Christ is in us, and Christ was in him. Amen? Christ is in us, and Christ was in him. So he was walking the same life that we are now walking. And he was tempted with every aspect, with everything you can think of. And when you think about that, that's a lot of things. Everything. Since there's kids here, I can't really say, but there's everything you can think of that exists in this life. He was tempted with all of them, but through all of them he did not sin because he knew what? He knew the promise that was in his life. You know what? And he knew what his life was consist of. How that looks like. Hey, you know what? (laughs) Okay, my father did not tell me to go to the club. My father did not tell me to sleep with him or her. Because I can just look at it. If I'm looking at it and it's not part of it, then I don't have to do it, correct? It doesn't make sense. If this is not... But nevertheless, that's where the grace comes. So I'm not saying this... To condemn this? no, because I fall in the same category. There's a lot of things. If I'm looking at my book, <laughs> and the book that the Father has, there's a lot of things in there that we, I'm like, oh, okay, I feel like I have 500 more things than you did. <laughs> I probably have 500, if not 5,000 more things than he does in his book. So I understand that. But there's a lot of things we could have got to sooner. There's a lot of mind, uh, mind fighting, you know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of things we could have avoided had we simply just print out that book. Okay, today I do this. Constantly, you could just check, go in the check mark. Right now, because I know as we're growing, the Father is more clear to us. I understand what my life consists of. If you go in our house, I literally have three things for now. I said, because the last assignment that he gave me was, okay, finish your project, your music project. You are now a pastor. You're a husband, of course. Well, husband first. Pastor. Child first. I'm a child of God. First. Husband. Pastor. Music. Real estate. So, it helps narrow my day. My daily activity, I can literally... There's a lot of things I don't have to do if I don't want to. Make sense? There's a lot of things we don't have to do if we don't have to. Why? We can simply go back, okay, what did he tell us to do? We check that checklist. I don't have to be there if, if... I'm adding things, I'm occupying my days with things he did not say to do. Make sense? We're filling our schedule. We're like, oh my God, I'm so busy. You're busy, you occupy yourself, it has nothing to do with him. We have a full day schedule. And I say this, I'm really speaking to myself too. We have a full day schedule, like completely full from top to, we can't even call a friend to encourage him because we're so busy. But when you look at it, if you look in his book and in, in ours, it has nothing. There's no comparison. Literally nothing. So we have to go back to those things because Jesus, because he knew, he only spoke what the father said. He only did what the father told him to do. He narrowed his days. He would not occupy himself. He did not heal anybody that the father did not tell him to do because it was not part of his promise. Amen. It was not part of his promise. So he didn't have to do anything that was not part of his promise. So when you're living out your promise, when you're living out your life, are you living out your life according to what the father told you to do? Or according to your business schedule that has nothing to do with what he told you to do? Because a lot of time, we don't see result. And I know I get sometimes frustrated personally. I used to, until he started whooping me so much. Because sometimes he corrects us. He correct, especially because, you know what? I have to give you a little whooping because you just don't get it, brother. <laughs> so I whoop you so that you can get it together. I'm like, okay, Father, okay, that was hard, but I, okay, I appreciate that whooping. You know, sometimes I don't know if I want to say I appreciate it, but it was a whooping. I had to do it. <laughs> but that being said, when we're living out our promise, we can make our day a lot more easier. Check out our daily schedule A lot of things we do Have nothing to do With what he told us to do And we're complaining every day Father you know what I've been praying for this I've been doing that You know I've been asking for this It's been 20 years now I've been waiting Look at your schedule Because a lot of time We miss out on opportunity Because we're so busy That meeting that we missed out Might have been that Next breakthrough That next hour of prayer could have been that hour that opened that door you've been praying for. That next person, your next relationship, the person that is for you because you were so busy last month. He came to church, you missed that. (laughs) She came to church, you missed it because you couldn't make it to church because you were so busy. We gotta be real now. There's a lot of things we missed out on because we're so busy with things that has nothing to do with what He predestined us to be. Literally nothing. So it's important as we're creating our daily schedule. Okay, look at the promise. If we're trying to live out that promise, let's be real with ourselves. Heavenly Father we thank you Father for this moment we thank you Father that we as of today Father God we we make it our mission to live out Father God the promise that you have for our life for we you have predestined us Father for great things you're not trying to figure out what to do with us day by day but whatever we are to be Father Father It's already, Father, designed. But, Father God, often, Father God, we let the things of this world distract us, Father, from your purpose, from your destiny, from from the life that you desire to give us, Father. From the life that you desperately, Father, want to release to us, Father. So I ask this morning, Father God, that You remove every distraction in our life, known and unknown. And Father God, let us put you first. We declare as of today, Father, that we put you first because, Father, we can't afford to go back on circles, keep running on circles. We don't want to keep going in circles, Father, because it will not take us anywhere. It only makes us frustrating Frustrated, Father. Angry. And we can't afford, Father, to live with anger and frustration. Because, Father God, you're too good to us. You love us too much, Father. For us, Father God, to raise bitterness, Father, simply because we never give you, Father God, any place in our daily schedule. So, Father God, this morning, we empty ourselves we surrender everything, Father, that is hindering, that is blocking us, Father, from receiving the fullness of your love, the fullness, Father, of your plan in our life. Father, even the things that we don't know, even the things that, Father God, we think is good, but it's not good, Father, we ask that we surrender it to you. And this morning, Father God, we We desire, Father God, to walk the same walk that Jesus did. To put you first in all things. Put you first in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.